Sensational radio. Sensational radio. Sensational radio. With Tom is Benton. Welcome back to the show. Oh my goodness, it is so hot in Memphis, Tennessee right now. It's so humid. My hair is atrocious. Um, my air is out now in my car, so it's really tragic. Um, I mean, hey, I'm still living, though. That's a blessing. Anyway, we have, oh my goodness, it's time. It's that time. We have a caller online. One caller, what is your name and where are you from? So my name is Kenny Morgan, and I'm calling from good old Rome, Georgia. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, Rome, Georgia. Hello. 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 Oh my goodness, Oh my goodness, Kenny. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Thomas. How are you doing today? Good, all right. Like I said, it's really hot here. It's like 95 and humid. That, um, that is not of God. Not of God at all. <laughs> but but we're making it. Um, how's your, how's your days treating you at the good old Walmart? At Wally World. Wally um, World? They are working me half to death. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm ready to go back to school. I'm not going to lie to you. Love the guys up there. Love the staff up there. Mm. But uh, um, no. No, stocking these shelves. I feel you. I feel you. For those of you at home, I also work at Walmart, and so Thomas and I have been bonding over our our experiences because it is quite the quite the workplace. Yes, it is, and now it's part of our testimonies. Amen. 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 (laughs) (laughs) But oh my goodness, Kenny! I mean, since you're the caller, I mean. I mean, what are you going to bring to the table today? I mean, hey, I, I mean, yeah, your hours right now. Oh, awesome. Well, I really want to talk a little bit about um, uh, something that's been on my heart for a long time. I want to talk about mm-hmm. it because of a couple reasons. One, it's a really important topic to me. But two, uh, we are currently recording this episode in the month of June. Don't know when this episode is going to come out, but for uh, the moment, we are in the month of June. And um, June is recognized as Pride Month. Yes, sir, and it so is. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about what our responsibility is as Christians in that um, and maybe kind of give some uh, context that maybe um, for my brothers and sisters who have grown up in the church and never really interacted with the LGBT community, like give some context for what this month really is and what it stands for and hopefully just open some open some hearts and open some eyes to that. How, does that sound does that sound good to you? Yes, yes, sir. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. You are my brother. Oh my goodness, I'm so glad you called in. It's such a surprise. Not really, we planned it. But <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, Kenny, I'm so glad and I'm so excited for you to share your story a little bit. And really just, I mean, I mean, what we can do better. You know, like and and so uh I mean you have the floor. I mean I honestly don't know where to begin, um, honestly, so Kenny, I mean, please be Kenny and just, right. <laughs> just go. <laughs> careful what you, careful what you wish for. Careful. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, so just, um, some context for our listeners at home. I know, uh, Big Money Thomas over here, he knows my story well, but for those mm-hmm. of you who may be listening who don't know me, uh, my name is Kenny. I, uh, I grew up in the South and very conservative home environment. Um, grew up in the church. I've always known who God is and I've had that relationship with him for as long as I can remember. And um, it's one of the things about my life that I'm most grateful for. I, I've loved having that experience and I've loved having that as a part of my story. Um, but another part of my story that's really significant is that I'm gay. And so, as you can imagine, being in this environment, both in the South and really conservative environments um, growing up, not to speak disparagingly of it, but um, Mm -hmm. it was just, it was a unique experience. Um, For me, I kind of had some signs that I started to recognize for as long as I like was aware of what sexuality was, as long as I knew what it meant to be attracted to someone that was always directed towards other boys. It was never like girls and then it changed to boys. Um, I've had a long, uh, 
experience, long part of my life has been involved with, um, struggling with pornography, um, mm-hmm. that of like, that's a whole other conversation for a different day. And it's such a really common experience for so many young men. I'm really mm-hmm. passionate about talking about it cause we don't talk about it enough and we don't talk about it well, um, generally, but, um, that's a part of my life experience. That's a part of my story. Um, but yeah, when I went off to college, um, I met a per, uh, someone in um, who I went to school with, where Thomas and I go to school up at Berry College, mm-hmm. Hook'em Bikes. Yes, um, sir. And uh, I met a, a believer who kind of came out to me and he said, hey, this is a part of my life. It's a part of my experience. Um, he's like, I didn't choose this. This wasn't a choice, um, which is a common um, idea that I grew up believing was that, you know, being gay was a choice. It's not. Mm -hmm. Um, um, And when he shared his story with me and he said, hey, this is a part of my story. It was like someone turned a light switch on in my brain of like, hey, this is a part of your life and you can't ignore it anymore. Because what I had done is because of the environment that I grew up in um, and just kind of the, the way that we talked about God, the way that we talked about sexuality, I kind of just shut off that part of my brain and repressed it and um, just pretended that it wasn't there. And it wasn't just the fact that I was attracted to boys. It was being attracted to anyone, period. Um, I just didn't think about it. I didn't have a a mindset for that. So um, really meeting this guy and him sharing his story with me was so life-changing and God orchestrated my life in such a way and his in such a way where we had similar stories and similar experiences. And, um, so right after he shared that with me, um, I came out to him. He was the first person I told I was terrified. I couldn't even say the words of like, Hey, I am gay. It was like, my story is like your story. Um, so, you know, I kind of worked on that. And then, um, that first like kind of semester of college, I started coming out to a couple more people that were really close to me and really, starting this process of figuring out what does this mean for me? What does this mean for my relationship with God? What does this mean for my life? How do I, um, how do I handle this? How do I hold this? How do I have, um, the ability to recognize this part of my life? That's, you know, something that I can't change. I did not choose it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it just is a part of my story, but also, living authentically in a relationship with God because, you know, growing up there was a lot of conflict between what was perceived to be the gay community um, and the church communities. And so over the past uh, four years and throughout my time at college, I was able to meet a lot of really awesome people and educate myself a lot. I'm a big fan of books. I've read a lot of books on um, that kind of cover the intersection of sexuality gender identity, um, which isn't something that I struggle with, but is kind of under the umbrella of the LGBT community um, Mm -hmm. and kind of where that intersects with the church. And um, if anyone wants that list, I'll I'll give it to Thomas. He can send it out some type of way. Um, Some way. Yeah, find it. It's cool. We'll we'll find it out. We'll put it in the show notes. I I just made that up. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) We're off to a great start. We're off to a great start. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I, over the past few years, um, one of the things that I've become more aware of is there is, um, what what we are doing well in the church right now is we are starting to have conversations about sexuality more. Um, and when I say the church, I'm speaking kind of broadly, very generally, um, and, um, not in regards to like a specific church family or church unit, but, um, we are starting to have these conversations more. We're starting to see a lot more people speaking up, speaking out, sharing their experiences, um, talking about their stories. And so that's been really helpful as I've processed my story. Um, but it's also opened my eyes to a lot of things that I wasn't previously aware of. And, um, one of the great benefits of this is there's a lot of literature that's been published in the last few years. Um, that's been really helpful. I know for me and for other, um, brothers and sisters that are both experiencing, um, the tension between the church and the LGBT community. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So one of the things that I feel like I really wanted to talk about today, uh, that's just some context about me and where my life is, but um, one of the things that I've been working through is what is the church, like we as a church body, we as a group of believers, uh, what's our responsibility um, in when it comes to engaging with the LGBT community and specifically this kind of uh, overarching thing that we see, which is pride. And so being pride month, mm-hmm. being aware of that, um, yeah. just want to kind of uh, talk about that. And one thing that I think a lot of people may not know is there's actually a really uh, interesting and long history behind the pride movement that we know today that started all the way back in the sixties and kind of for anyone that kind of maybe grew up like me in the church or uh, maybe just doesn't know um, pride as we know it now uh, started in 1969. Um, There was um, back in that time period, you know, kind of some context. We were just in the middle of, you know, still not quite there when it came to like the civil rights movement that was happening um, Mm. of the sixties. Uh, that was still fresh on the minds of the country. It was still happening. It was still going on um, for uh, our, the black community in America. And along with that, uh, there was also a lot of legislation on the books for um, laws prohibiting any type of sexual behavior between two people of the same sex. And so mm-hmm. in all, I'm pretty sure, I'm, I'm, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure at that time, it was illegal to be gay in the vast majority of the country, if not every single state. Like it was a wow. punish. It was a it was a crime that you could be arrested what? and imprisoned for for wow. being for having any type of sexual relationship with someone of the same sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I talk about this, you know, one thing that I want to say in this kind of conversation is, I'm not really gonna. I don't really want to get into like. Um, the the Christian like obviously there's like theological beliefs and we have like this understanding of Christian sexual ethics. I don't really want to get into that at this current moment. I just want to kind of give context into about the 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 LGBT community here. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so there was uh, just for context there in case people listen and like you know be like what about (laughs) whatever and it's like listen I'm getting there I'm getting there Um, stick stick with me patience stick with me and so. so yeah, so from the majority of the country, it was illegal to be gay. It was not only similarly to how, um, obviously in a very different context, but um, what we're seeing now with a lot of activism about around how uh, black people and other people of color are treated by police simply mm-hmm. because of the way they look or their appearance. Yeah. A lot of the things that we associate with being stereotypically gay, whether it's the way you dress, the way you walk, or the way you talk... Um, yeah. LGBT individuals would be uh, questioned, harassed, imprisoned um, wow. by like lawmakers, other citizens um, in a similar type of fashion, just kind of surface wow. level kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so um, in New York City in June of 1969, there was um, something happened called the Stonewall Riots. And they were um, in response to... Um, a law that allowed for the police to basically raid any type of establishment where they believed any type of homosexual or same sex, uh, behavior was happening. It was a very loose definition. It was a very, um, kind of like up to the person kind of, um, administering that. Um, it was very much up to them to kind of judge what they determined to be same sex in behavior Um, and so there was this raid that happened, um, at this bar in New York city called the Stonewall Inn. it was a gay bar. It was a bar that was a kind of a a safe place for members of this community. And on this one particular night in June of 1969, they had kind of had enough. And, um, a black transgendered woman picked up a brick and threw it at a Mm. cop. And that started, uh, six days of riots outside the Stonewall end, um, that kind of led to the beginning of the gay rights movement. Um, and, and, uh, you started to see more activity after that event, uh, fighting for rights for gay individuals, 
um, to be just as treated just as equally, regardless of your race and your gender and your, you know, sex and your sexuality. Um, mm. so, so what we see is pride today. It's in June because that's when the pride, um, riots happened at Stonewall in 69. Um, mm. it's kind of in response to that. And so it's interesting this year, um, with all the incredible activism that we're seeing around black lives matter and advocating yeah. for, um, equality and justice to be done uh, on behalf of our brothers and sisters who are black and brothers and sisters of color, uh, right. indigenous peoples. Um, it's actually interesting that it's happening in June because um, it looks, it's like, it's like, yeah. guys, this is what, this is what pride was in the beginning. This is what it was started right. by. It was started by a black woman. It was started by a black transgendered woman. So like, wow. um, it's kind of really interesting how that's happening. Yeah, it is. Um, and so for like, just that's kind of really helpful, I think, for um, some context as to like what pride is, because I mm-hmm. think growing up there is a tendency for um, people that I w- I grew up around that were kind of just saying, oh, this is just um, they perceive pride to be a certain way, they perceive it to be you know just X, Y, and Z, you name it, you know, this is a glorification of sin, this is a glorification of whatever. Um, and it's a lot more, it's a lot more complicated than that. It's not as simple as that. Um, and, um, yeah, so there's, I think that context for me when I started to learn that was really helpful and no one kind of learns this in school. You know, we don't really do a great job of, we don't really do a great job of talking about the civil rights movement in schools, much less, um, (laughs) much less like the civil rights movement for gay people you know right um, right, right. Uh, the only so, thing that we learned about is rosa parks and 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 that's it i have a dream yeah like that's yeah. about it <laughs> yeah. and um yeah so there, there's the our, our education reform podcast will come on a different day definitely um next week we'll have a <laughs> yeah and so um so kind of in that atmosphere what was happening then uh you started to see a lot more movement from the LGBT community fighting for their rights and fighting for their right to get married and fighting for their right to, um, not get arrested and be in prison simply for, you know, living their lives as they wanted to. Um, now obviously as believers, like, you know, Thomas is a believer, I'm a believer. Um, you know, that's a big part of our lives as well. And so like, obviously we live our lives out of this, understanding that we're committing ourselves to having a relationship with God. And we are, you know, as I know for me, it's like, I filter what I do and how I live my life in every aspect of my life. I filter that through scripture and through, um, through what scripture says and, and kind of in, in basically living my life in a way that's honoring, glorifying to God. Right. The problem that I think has come up a lot of times is that, um, a lot of times, Sometimes church leaders and religious leaders can extend this expectation to the gay community that, well, you're not doing what the Bible says. Well, okay, if this person has not committed to pursuing a relationship with Jesus Christ, we're now speaking in really different language realms, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's something that, you know isn't isn't going to be really compatible and so you know i don't know i think this is where um kind of getting into like the theological side of things like there's a lot of debate there's a lot of debate and conversation about is being gay um allowable permissible in in scripture is it forbidden all these types of things and you know what that's a question that i think every person has to answer for themselves not because Mm -hmm the answer is relative. I think there is an answer. I think that answer is absolute, but I don't think that I've been, I don't think that I'm at a place where I can confidently say that I know that, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And I think Uh, that, so it's like per person, it's you're like, you're kind of like your heart about it. Um, I guess you could say your opinion. Yeah. It's, it's not, and it's, and you know, I, I, I think the thing that I think is important to recognize is like scripture you know, I believe scripture to be authoritative. I believe it to be true in all of it. And I believe it to be really, um, just this really incredible piece of, uh, work that we've gotten from God as this love letter to his children of like, Hey, I love you so much. And I want you to live a life that is full and fulfilled. Um, but I also want you to live a life that's, um, fitting as best as you can with the world that I created it to be. Right. 
you know, like once the fall happened, we we don't know what the world looks like as he intended it to be. Like, do you ever think yeah. about that? Yeah. Like, we exist in a broken space, and so definitely. Um, oh my goodness, definitely. Not to say that the answer, or not to say that scripture is relative per person. But I think it's important for every person to go on that journey for themselves because I think just as much as it's important to like get to your conclusion for mm-hmm. what you believe about um, X, Y, or Z, it could be uh, you know same-sex relationships, it can be uh, your response, your job, uh, your career. It can yeah. be you know should I pursue this person in a relationship? Should I um, make this big step in my my life? anything like I think the journey is just as important as the destination um because you're preaching right now because because listen like God I don't believe God wastes things I don't believe he throws things away and so I believe that the process that we go through to get to where we're going to is just as important as where we're going to because it is through that process that he gives us direction that we can use to move forward in the rest of our lives you know and 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 so like I think when it comes to um, how we as Christians are to like engage with the pride movement in particular, um, I encourage every person to just kind of like do a, do a little survey in your own heart of like, what is it that I'm like, what is it that I'm, I'm so hesitant to engage with? What is it? um, Because, you know, in the space that I grew up in, there weren't a lot of gay people around. There weren't a lot of gay people that were out just because of the nature of the area that we lived in. Yeah. And so, I mean, when you don't have the experience of another person to hear from, you can kind of begin to make your own understanding based on information that isn't necessarily true. Yeah. And this and this isn't just applicable to the LGBT community. It's applicable to anyone who lives life differently than you do based off of their sexuality, their gender, their status, race. the color yeah. of their skin, yeah. like their their not just their race, their ethnicity, their nationality because we all know those everything. are three different things. Um <laughs> everything. <laughs> everything. Like that's what like we were created to be diverse because our experiences shape how we live our lives, but they also allow us to connect with others who share those experiences across the lines that we think divide us, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, Kenny, you're preaching. Oh, so, man, this is, this is why I had you call in because <laughs> this is wonderful. This is wonderful. So that's just a little bit about pride. Kind of another thing with that, I, I also wanted to talk about and kind of wanted to have a dialogue with you about, Thomas, Okay. okay. is um, like, what does it mean for believers who maybe have my experience, maybe have a a slightly different experience, whether they're male or female or um, kind of anyone who falls under this basket of LGBT, right? Whether they identify as gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, they struggle with their gender identity, their gender expression. Mm. One of the things that um, has been really eye-opening to me is why is there such attention between the church community and the LGBT community, right? Yeah. Like what is it what is it about this one particular conversation that is so vitriolic? And it isn't just like, you know, the church doesn't get, you know, it's not that this is the only thing that we get heated about, right? We get heated about a lot of yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. Um but this I think, you know, this is one of the things that in the past, especially while we've been growing up, because while we've been growing up, we've seen a lot of legislation happen. We've seen mm-hmm. a lot of like government policy change to increase the rights of the LGBT community in the workplace, in um, the medical field, like with uh, medical treatment and things like that. Obviously, in 2015, with marriage equality getting passed, now it is legal for anyone to get married, um, regardless of their sexuality, all across the country. Um, and so like, I don't know about you, maybe you can kind of share Like, you know, I'd love to hear about like, as you were growing up, um, what your experience was hearing about the gay community. Cause I know that for me, you know, our conversation about sexuality or specifically the gay community was, mm-hmm. 
you know, this is a choice. You know, Bible says, you know, it's X, Y, or Z. Right. Um, but then that kind of led us to kind of draw this conclusion of, well, then we just shouldn't connect with them. Like right. we shouldn't, we shouldn't spend time with them. We shouldn't, um, we shouldn't have friendships with them. You know, if if we work with someone, we should kind of just keep them at a distance. That was kind of the the message that I received as a child. But I'd be interested to hear about like if you remember like what kind of conversations were you having as a child about like how do we engage with this community? Yeah, I mean, definitely like I mean to answer like the big question of of how we of. Of of the church and how they handle this conversation and and um, and loving God and being gay at the same time, like we don't know how to handle that. Uh, we don't know how to handle it, and it's such an awkward like phase, awkward. I mean, awkward conversation because uh, we just don't know how to uh, to approach it. We don't know the terminology. We don't know what's right and what's wrong we don't like plus like i i I mean it's bigger than i think like being gay or something like that it's 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 all like uh i mean dealing with i mean all like acts of sex and sexuality like we don't have that conversation (laughs) and like we just don't so when but when you're bold enough and when you say hey I love Jesus Christ and I'm gay. It's like what? So it's like what are you so, talking about? So me growing up, like I didn't have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, like I knew to. I mean, I was taught to. I, I mean, love all people. Um, no matter what. Um, so it's like, uh, for me personally, like one, no, the conversation never came up to I mean it was kind of natural for me to yes of course I was awkward at first and I'm like I, I don't know if they gonna hit on me or something like that but you know what I'm saying like just be honest but it's like yeah no be honest yeah but it's like I think you have to look past that and see hey no matter what this is a person as well and if they want to be in church with us let them be in church with us. You know what I'm saying? And and mm-hmm. so I never really... I, I mean, I personally never had that issue of of seeing someone way past their race or, or past their sexuality. But that conversation never came up. <laughs> never. Never, never, never. Now, I mean... Uh, I mean, we did talk about how it's a sin uh, about... Um, man should not lay with man, something like that. And, and so, so that came up, but very briefly. And so like me growing up in Memphis, Tennessee in the South as well, like, I mean, it just never really came up. And if you asked a question, it was kind of shut down and that's mm-hmm. it. You know what I'm saying? So, so for you to be so bold, okay, Morgan, and for you to be like, you know what? I'm this and, and, and whatever, like. I commend you for that, and you're my brother, and 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 I just want to say thank you for, I mean, being open with that and and shedding light, not only at, I mean, at Barry College, but, I mean, in many lives that would not have um, have ever, ever had the conversation before. I mean, we changed, our um, we changed the narrative by things like this. By raising our kids to, yeah. I'm hopefully listen. I mean, I'm hopefully listen to my podcast one day. You know, <laughs> no, that's <laughs> but 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 little plug, little plug. You know what I'm saying? But but we <laughs> we changed the narrative by by having these conversations. Um, yeah, being definitely. real about it and being bold about it. Yes. Um. Like you coming in my room at. 1.30 in the morning, not wanting to leave, and we're having conversations about <laughs> just everything from from race to, I mean, everything that Kenny talks about is just wild and 
whatever. But I don't, I don't play. You know, it's so funny is I don't really know how to have a casual conversation. You don't. (laughs) Because within the first five minutes that I'm talking to someone, I'm either talking about race, sex, gender, sexuality. (laughs) Right, right, right. right. I'm talking about something. But you know what? I'm, and it's so funny that you say that. Like, and and I really appreciate your words a lot because they mean a lot. Um, but I think, you know, this is kind of, you know, this is kind of where I come from. I grew up wanting someone to be honest and to be authentic and to be real and to be deep and, um, to be vulnerable, but I didn't know that that's what I wanted. I didn't know. And this Mm. wasn't even, this wasn't even in like a, this is, you know, not even related to, to sexuality. You know, mm-hmm. we, I, I was craving this authenticity and this vulnerability from someone, from a person, specifically in my relationship with God. Because growing up in the church, I never knew a time when I didn't know who Jesus was. And so for me, I felt like there was a lot of times where I didn't feel like I had a relationship with God. I felt like I was, you know, playing a role. I felt like I was, you know, doing mm-hmm. a part um, yeah. and this is something that I've, you know, I've talked with some other people who have grown up in the church. Um, it's like, you know, after so long when it's just a part of your routine, it just becomes a routine and it's not personal. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's where I think the danger is in us beginning to see religion as God rather than God being the reason that we can have a relationship through yeah. religious practices. Right. Um, you know, I think, and, you know, obviously in, in regards to sexuality, like I am not, if you know, to know me well is to know that I speak my mind. Whenever it feels like it. No <laughs> At 1.30 a.m. or 1.30 p.m. Kenny Morgan speak his mind. Just for everyone to know, we are recording this in the afternoon, so I am not keeping Thomas awake to right, record right, this right, podcast. Right, right, right. Not this um, time. Not, Not this time. time, but there have been many times and most of my most fruitful conversations and most of my favorite conversations have come well after midnight on a school night. Um, <laughs> yes. But, um, but yeah, it's like, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't really have a problem speaking my mind. Um, I need to, I need to learn how to rein that in a little bit more. Um, no, you don't. <laughs> I need to in a more in a more I well yeah in some respects um but I think you know for me I just keep coming what I keep coming back to is that if this one person had not had the courage to really step up and and enter into a really scary space and say hey I'm going to share this really vulnerable part of my life with you um, because I want you to know me authentically. I want you to know me in a vulnerable way. And if this person had not done that, I do not know how long it would have taken for me to recognize this part of my story. If I would have recognized this part of my story, Mm -hmm. um, and, or how I would have handled it. You know, um, I think one thing that we need to recognize as the church is, and you know, if I could, if I could, if I could like have a, a, a picture of just like the church and me talking to it, the thing that I would probably <laughs> say to it is like, listen, you've got people in your church who are gay. You have people in yeah. your church who are struggling with gender identity. You have people in your church who are struggling with their, um, sexuality in all manner of ways. They can mm-hmm. be single. They can be married. They can be children. They can be elderly, 80, 95 year old people. And these struggles are not just one or two isolated cases. They are present. They are in your community. They're in your churches. And so when you have conversations about an us or a them, quote unquote, what you're doing is you're building a wall around your body as a church Mm -hmm. and what you're communicating to anyone who would fall into that them category. I'm not welcome here. Or this yeah. part of me is not welcome here. And mm-hmm. so really because of that one person who shared a story with me, I was like, you know what? I never know who I'm talking to and I never know what their stories might be. There have yeah. been, you know, over the, since, because that happened my freshman year and all throughout my time at Barry, I was just really honest because I, I also am really, I'm a really bad liar. 
Um, <laughs> I'm just really bad at it. So if someone is like, well, how are you doing? And especially if it's someone that knows me well, I'm going to yeah. be like, you know, I'm not doing great right now. Here's yeah. why. And I'll be having this whole on conversation about my, you know, frustrations and doubts that I'm experiencing about God in the middle of a Panera bread at like 1230 <laughs> on a Tuesday. Like, yeah. you know, and, and this dialogue of honesty and authenticity really one, it allowed me to experience freedom because it's like, I'm talking about it. I'm addressing it. And if I am not keeping it in the darkness, then the enemy, Satan, can't tell me what it is when it isn't that, you know? Right, um, right. Ooh, and so it's like, and when I'm acknowledging this and when I'm opening myself up to these different people throughout, you know, once you kind of, you know, obviously we've all got our people. We've got, I've got my boys, you know, yeah. and my girls. I I don't discriminate. Um, <laughs> I've got people, <clears throat> like I've got a lot of people in my life that I'm I'm really honest with and they allow me the freedom to be really honest Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that sense, it allows me this sounding board. I'm a big external processor. And so, yeah. um, I can like just say any and everything that comes to my mind. And these people are like, all right, that's where you're at. Well, that's where you're at. And like, that's just that, that's it, you know, and we'll work. Th- Do you want to talk about it? Do you not? Do you want to work through that right now? Do you not? Um, been to counseling, been to counseling a lot. Everyone needs to go to counseling. Counseling is great. Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Use but, that tool. But also because of that, I've been able to share my story and this isn't to, I don't, I don't mean to like elevate myself or my story at all, but, um, I've, I've had about, since I started sharing my story, I would have these guys that would be like, Hey, you didn't know this when you shared this with me, but this is also a part of my story and you're the first person I've ever heard talk about it. And you're the first person I'm telling about it. What do I do? Yeah. And so pretty quickly I started to feel I started to feel personally responsible because it's like well if I'm opening this door it's not fair for me to just leave these brothers and sisters out to just flounder on their own mm-hmm. right it's it's yeah. you know I feel like one and as I started to develop my relationship with God more and more throughout college and grow closer to him um <clears throat> In, in the midst of my doubts and in the midst of my questions and in the midst of my strugglings with all sorts of the things that I struggle with, I got closer to him, which is the gag of them all, right? Like we think the things that, <laughs> yeah. the, it's the things that like, we think all these things like our doubts and our fears separate yeah. us from God. But really when we're honest about it, he already knows. It's not like he doesn't right. know. And right. so it's like, he made you. when we're up front with it, we're able to approach him with our whole self and mm-hmm. so in return, we're able to see his whole self. Oh, and my so, goodness. and so like that was really revolutionary to me. And so, yeah. I don't know. It's just, I think it's important that we as Christians recognize that um, hearing someone's experience, even if that experience is, is full of things that you would deem sinful, hearing mm-hmm. that person's experience does not mean you are sinning. Like, I, I'm going to say it again. Yes, sir. Hearing someone else's experience, even if you disagree with what someone's done, whether that's related to sex, whether that's related to drugs and money and alcohol and, and power right. and discrimination, no matter what it is that this person is sharing with you, it could be literally anything. You listening to this person's experience is not therefore sinful. Are you a murderer because you watch Dateline every Friday night? No? <laughs> no. Okay. So, like... <laughs> No, like, or because you listen to your true crime podcast or you watch Tiger King, do you think that now because of that, that you're going to go off and be a polygamist? And and, no, that's not how that works. (laughs) And so like, feel this freedom, brother or sister in Christ, that there is nothing, there is nothing that is going to be held against you for literally hearing what someone's life has entailed. Because that's what, that's what Jesus did. Jesus let these people that he did not know come and tell him oh lord jesus this is what i've done this is all the things that i've done in my life and you want to know what yeah. jesus did he said i love you and i forgive you right and yeah. and don't don't someone don't quote me on that because i know I, I did not mean to keep my heresy <laughs> in here but like what jesus jesus was so personal in his relationship with people right you know rarely do we see an interaction with jesus that he, someone shares this with him and he then in turn recites some scripture before he says, 
oh, my child, I love you, or oh, my child, your sins are forgiven of you. Jesus invites us into him regardless of what our experience is. I'm talking about a lot of stuff today. It ain't just, it you ain't are. just, it you ain't are. just, just gay stuff. We just, wait, 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 shots fired. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Um, but no, in, specifically, bringing it back to kind of what this means for the gay community in the church, um, you know, girl, I, I, if I know someone's a Christian and if I know someone is you know, identifies as a Christian, whether it's they have a bracelet that has a cross on it or they have a verse in their Instagram bio or they go to church. Mm -hmm. I, I do not know what they're going to think about me when I say, Hey, I'm gay and I'm also a believer. This is complicated. I don't know. I don't know what that's going to be, but I keep entering into that space and I keep speaking up about it because what I've been really blessed to be able to see is people who have shared with me, and I don't, I really don't deserve this um, kindness, but people <laughs> who have shared with me like, hey, because you shared your experience with me, now when I have conversations about this, it isn't just a, it isn't just a name, it isn't just a title or a label, it's a face that I'm seeing. And so the way that you talk about things changes when you have faces instead of just labels. It's, and, and we're, and we are thankfully just now seeing this really happen in conversations that we have about race, right? It's the reason why we're, 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 you know, why it's so important that we keep saying their names. By the way, today is a great day to arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. Um, (laughs) but, um, I took it there. I did. Um, <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> but um, like, <clears throat> um, Kenny, sorry to cut you off, but no, go for it. Um, our whole like reason for living, for being on this earth, is to relate. That's it. That's that's a word. That's it. That's a word. That's it. Now you preach and and, <laughs> and your neighbor will not look like you, not sound like you won't believe the same things that you do, won't watch the same shows that you do, won't eat the same, won't smell the same, and, and you still have to be, still have to be loving them at all times. And, and, and yes, that's very hard. Yes, that's very hard when they won't listen, when you won't listen. Uh, but but when I tell you, our sole mission is to relate and help each other and listen <laughs> and, 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 and oh, oh wow, I'm stuttering now because I'm excited. But <laughs> come but, on, come on. But you got me excited when you said, um, "Crap!" Now I'm oh my god, I forgot because I got so excited. Wait a minute, Kenny, be quiet. Do not talk right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't talk right now. Hold on. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Um, that listening is not a sin. Listen, just shut up and listen. <laughs> Be quiet and listen. And pat him on their back at least. You know? At the very least. Give him a hug. Give him a hug. The the amount of, like, affirmation I have received just from physical affection. Really honest, genuine, loving, kind, physical affection from brothers and sisters who hear my story. Specifically for me... Specifically, when I share my story with another guy, yeah. and and he's a believer, and then when I when we finish our conversation, and he stands up and he invites me into this hug, it is one yeah. of the most affirming and kind <clears throat> and loving things. Because I love that you I love that you mentioned this. You know, talking about earlier, like you know, well, what do I do? Are they going to be attracted to me? Are they going to yeah. do this? Like you know, and first of all, I just want to say something. for for a moment for a moment i want to take a second and i want to talk to my brothers in christ i love you all you are all made in the image of god but you are not all as attractive as you think you are (laughs) okay and i i know that you know your mama told you that you are the most handsomest man in the world and to her and to many people you may be (laughs) but can i tell you that if you are gay, that does not mean that you are attracted to every person that shares your gender. Hello? Are you – let me ask you a question, Thomas. Are you attracted oh to every female person that you see? 
No, sir, I'm not. No, you are not. Thank you very much. So, <laughs> for clarity's sake, and I, and I, and I, and I, you know, I, I say this comically because it, it's it's funny, but um, you know, to kind of to kind of hit that a second, like I lived, I lived for the four years that I was in college, I lived in an all male dorm. With people who knew my story. And honestly, I was really nervous about sharing my story with people that I lived with because of that concern, right? You're, yeah. you're living together, you're sharing showers, you're sharing bathrooms, you're, you know, you're, when you're in a dorm and, and you live in college, right, there's, there's a lot of freedom and you feel at home, especially when you live right. in the same place as long as we did. And our right. community, our hall was so communal. That was a concern for me. But the thing that I think is really interesting is is when I had people like my brothers specifically that would know my story and then they'd just be like, All right, cool. And they wouldn't they wouldn't like, right. you know, if they were if I passed by them in the hallway and we were like it was early in the morning and he's in his boxers and I'm in my boxers, no one is like weirded out because it's just like it's everything just... everything isn't sexual, right? Right. You know? Right. It doesn't have right. to be. It doesn't have right. to be. And and so that that's kind of a, a, a misconception that like mm, gonna nick that one in the bud right there. Um, <laughs> I love you. You're made in the image of God, but that does what? not mean that I am attracted to you. Um, I'm just gonna lay that out there right there. Um, right. Another thing that's really I think kind of if I want to, if any of this feels this th- for y'all listening, I'm really sorry. This can be really chaotic, and this conversation it's just a natural really, conversation. It's a really this natural just conversation. A but yeah. I will say it is kind of reflective of what this conversation does feel like because this the conversation that we need to have as believers with individuals who identify as any part of the LGBT community is not going to be cut and dry. It isn't going to mm-hmm. be simple. It's not, you, it's it's not. not cookie cutter. It's not going to be the same for every different person. Every person who identifies as a Christian and as a member of the LGBT community even though you have people like me, you have people like me who are Christians and committed to that and also gay or experience attraction to the same sex. We use different terminology to describe ourselves, right. our experiences. We come at it from different approaches. We have different life stories. Um, so it's, it, in a sense, I did it on purpose. <laughs> Got him. Um, because <laughs> the conversation is complicated, but it's worth it. It's worth yes, it, it because... Is. When you have that complex conversation with your brother or sister, you're able to get a glimpse of how complex the world really is. And then what that in turn will do for you is it's going to show you that God created this world with such an incredible degree of diversity and he's still the God of all of it and he's still in all of it, even if Mm. it doesn't look anything like us. Preach. Hello. Like, hello. (laughs) Hello. So, so like perseverance is, is key, but, um. But yeah, like, you know, I don't know. I guess if I could say anything to my brothers and sisters in the church who are kind of worrying about or wondering, well, how do I engage in these conversations? The first thing, the first thing that I think is so important is that you are not going to walk up to some random stranger that you see on the side of the road and say, God tells you that what you're doing is wrong, right? That's not a way that we win people over. And so like the first thing that I would encourage you to do is like, if you work with someone who's gay, if you have a family member who is gay or a friend or you are in any type of circle with someone who identifies as LGBT, just get to know them. And you know what? It doesn't have to be about the fact that they're gay. Like you can just get to know right. them as a right. person because we exactly. are not limited to and we are not identified solely by our sexualities. None mm-hmm. of us are gay, straight, bisexual, anything and everything in between. Like we are not simply here to have sex. Like we're here to have full and fulfilling lives. And right. so get to know if, if this person has a partner, get to know this person's partner's name, know what they do for fun, know what their passions are, know what they're interested in, get right. to know them as a person. If this person then shares with you their story and comes out to you, whether they are Christian, whether they are not Christian, the first thing that you can say, and I promise you it is going to be more effective than anything else you could say. The first thing you should say is thank you for sharing that with me. And I appreciate that. And I love you as a friend. Like it is really simple. It is really easy, but it is, it 
like when I would share my story with someone, especially like I'm at a point now where I'm pretty open, I'm pretty honest. Um, I don't really feel like I'm living my life in the closet. I would I would classify myself as out, so I don't really have to have the coming out conversation. Right. You know, I don't have to come out to people. It's more or less who am I inviting into the more detailed parts of my story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there are some people who are who obviously like are all along that spectrum. Maybe they're coming out to a few people. Maybe they've come out to some people, but not a lot of people. Maybe mm-hmm. they've come out to a lot of people, but they just want you to know personally. Maybe they've not come out to anyone. Universally, thank you is never going to be a bad response. Like right, right, just saying, right, right. thank you for sharing that with me. How can I like love you well? What can I do? Like. You know, and and more often than not, it's just going to be just they're a normal person. Just keep treating them like a normal person. We've already established that just because they're maybe the same gender as you doesn't mean they're going to be into you, you know, or they're not going to hit on you. Right. Right. Um, right. Also, just fun fact, when I'm going to the bathroom, I'm going to the bathroom to go to the bathroom, not to check people out. That's gross. All right. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Like what? That's that's real. That's real. Honest. Honesty. Real. But like Um, just to reinforce that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to, when it comes to having a relationship with someone, having a relationship, being associated with someone doesn't mean that you agree with someone. Right. Doesn't mean that you agree with everything. Doesn't mean that you share the same beliefs. Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't mean that you are not holding to your own beliefs and, Honest to goodness, changing your this is gonna get real real people gonna lose me here. Changing Preach. your mind is not always wrong. Okay? Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things that we just kind of begin to believe and think and, and we hold on to and we've we've just held on to them for so long that we think that's true or that's right. But I'm just gonna sit here and tell you, if it's not in scripture and if it's not spoken about in scripture and you still believe it's true. It's not true. Like it's yeah. like, like you have yeah. to, you have to use scripture as a way of like, um, measuring everything you do, everything you say up against scripture, because scripture is the guide that we have for mm-hmm. us. But, um, just because someone is an athletic doesn't mean they're gay. Right. Just because someone is single doesn't mean they are therefore less than or are not as attractive or they've done yeah. something wrong. Um, yeah. Just because someone is married doesn't mean they are straight. Like there's, Whoa. there's, you know, just because someone is Christian doesn't mean they're going to be heterosexual. Yeah. You know, these yeah. it's the, I guess the gist of it all is that the world is full of complicated people who have complicated lives with mm-hmm. complicated stories with experiences that are, guess what, complicated. And when we try and we exist in this space where everything fits so neatly into labels and baskets and buckets, what that's really doing is when we're giving so much weight to those things, for example, when we're saying like, oh, this person is gay, and we make an assumption based off of that, what Mm -hmm. we're doing is we are telling ourselves, because this person is this, I therefore don't have to go through the emotional and spiritual labor of maybe dismantling some prejudices that I have, maybe addressing some theology that I have that may not be actual theology and just lived expectations. What we're doing is we're telling ourselves, I don't have to go through that because this person is this. But when you don't take the time to see that person as a whole person as God does because God sees us in our complexity and he looks at you and all your mess and he still loves you and he still fights for you and he still chases after you and he's still dying on that cross for you. God doesn't run away from you in that. So when you don't do that, you are therefore not able, in my personal opinion, I don't think you're able to really understand the grace of God completely because you're not seeing how the grace of God applies to every other person in their own brokenness. Oh my goodness. Kenny, you are just, just, oh my goodness. Speaking, I mean, oh, I can't put it into words. Like you're preaching right now. Oh my goodness. Thank you. I'm preaching, but I'm Baptist and I'm long-winded, so I'm going to wrap it up. Um, <laughs> what I, no, well, one more thing. One more thing. What I want to ask you is, what is a question, I mean, one thing that you would say to the old you? 
to the old you, like the nine nine year old, ten year old you, or like oh, um, young men and women now who are young, um, who who may be hiding this or are like I, I'm going through this pain right now. What's one thing that you would shed light on with them? Hmm. I think if I was talking to myself. Because I, I think probably I felt the weight of most of it when I was about 14 or so. Okay, okay. 14, 15, kind of adolescent, going through puberty kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and to anyone else who may be experiencing that or this kind of this experience, if this is resonating with you, first and foremost, you are not alone. Yeah. Like, your mind is going to play tricks on you and it's going to tell you that you are. It's going to tell you, especially if you grew up in the church, especially if you grew up in the South, um, it's going to tell you, you are by yourself. You are such a terrible person. You're not welcome, uh, in the church. You don't have a place. No one will understand. All there's going to be is judgment. Um, you know, you are not, not by yourself. You at the very least have a 21-year-old musical theater loving, you know, <laughs> white <laughs> guy. Who, I do love my Broadway, but you 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 at least at very least have me. Um yeah. and I can I can promise you that there are so many people who are in the church who are struggling with this but just don't know how to articulate it. Yeah. Um so know that you're not alone. Um and I would say, you know, we we kind of convince ourselves that we can live a life when you when you grow up gay you you kind of convince yourself oh well I can keep this hidden I can keep this in the closet and I can yeah. kind of go on my life and exist a full fulfilling life um but the thing is is that when you live and you're you're keeping that part of your life in the closet you're not just keeping that in the closet you're keeping your whole self in the closet mm-hmm. um you're not allowing yourself, like for me, I didn't allow myself to dream past what I already knew. So yeah. like I was going to go to college. I was going to do a really, you know, I was going to be this major. I was going to come back to my hometown. I was going to stay in my hometown and mm-hmm. I was going to do this really safe job. And I was like, this is, and I had convinced myself that this is what I wanted. And for some people that is what they want and that is what God has created them for and that's awesome and that's great right. and there is nothing wrong with that. For me, I realized very quickly that I had convinced myself that that's what I wanted because my potential scared me. Mm-hmm. And oh I was goodness. so <laughs> I was so scared of it that I just said I, I told myself, you know, if I just keep this hidden, I can just keep it all under wraps. Um when you open that closet door for the first time, it is the most terrifying experience. It is the most, it is so scary. You feel like you are going to lose everyone that's ever loved you, but man, man, it is worth it. And I promise you, I promise you, no matter where you are, whether you are a Christian, whether you're not a Christian, whether you grew up in church, whether you've never been to a church, um, there is a space for you in the kingdom of God. There is a space for you in the body of Christ. There is a place for you. Um, at this table of believers who are going to be more than willing to invite you into their space because there is a lot of debate. There's a lot of debate and conversation about sexuality, what it means for the church, what it means for Christians, what the Bible has to say about it. That's a debate that I do not have the authority nor the education to be able to get into and to do justice to all sides. Um, I'll be happy to talk to anyone about it, so hit me up. But... um, it is it is it is a it is a lot of it is a lot of conversations but you cannot get anywhere if all you're doing is screaming at someone right about how right you are how wrong they are or vice versa and so um super sparking in the back just know that like i i i believe that the god speaks for himself and i believe mm-hmm. that the scripture speaks for itself and that if you want to have a relationship with jesus that is available to you. That is in. That is a gift that is given to you. It has your name on it, regardless of what your experience is. And I promise you that Jesus will help you come closer to Him in the way that He truly intends for you to be closer to Him, 
no matter what you grew up in, no matter what some person may say to you about this, that, or the other. Um, so you're not alone. It's scary, but it's worth it. Yes, Lord. Amen. All right. Amen, amen, amen. We are pushing an hour now. We are. And, and, I'm and, walking and, and, but, but, but every second was amazing. First off, um, so, I mean, now wrapping up and stuff, I want to give you your flowers real quick. Kenny, 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 Kenny. You, our conversations in, in Pilgrim, like, bro, you <laughs> made my nights. You kept me up hours, you know what I'm saying? Just talking and talking and talking. I'm like, Kenny, go to bed, go to bed. Go, go to bed, go to bed. Go to bed. Listen, but, you fake. You did not tell but, me none of this but, when this was but, happening. But, but I love you, brother. You you will always be a part of my life. I know it. You're hilarious, okay? <laughs> I'm too okay. Plus, 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 Mr. Morgan's going to where? I'm in the fall. I'm headed to NYU for graduate oh school. Oh, oh my goodness. <clears throat> Right near Broadway. Oh, my making goodness. it big. He's gonna making be on Broadway one day. You know I what I'm saying? Planning Come it right now. Me. Manifesting it me. right now. Follow Kenny, me on. Follow me on Insta. Kenny, I mean, first I want some tickets. Then I want some gear, a shirt or two or something. I wear a size <laughs> medium. All right, send me that on the way. Especially if you're playing Lion King. Look, if you're playing I'm too Lion white. King, I need I'm too white for the Lion King. I'm too white for the Lion King. I'm all about casting ethnically yeah. correctly. And let me tell you something. There is not a role for me in the Lion King. I will save that for my black brothers and sisters. We love the respect. We love the um, the love. But oh my goodness, Kenny, you made the day. You. I mean, thank you for calling in today. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for following. It's a lot, but if if you know me, you know that this is just kind of how conversations with me go. Yes, yes, um, yes. If you want to have more conversations, find me. Call me BP if you need to reach me. I'm open to talking <laughs> about anything. I'll talk with I too. I will talk with you too until 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock in the morning, keeping yes, you up from your will. valuable beauty sleep. Just I, like look, big You want to call them? Beware. <laughs> oh my gosh alright Kenny I'll talk Love you to brother. you later my friend talk to you Love later you bye sensational radio sensational radio sensational radio sensational radio with Thomas Benton